Hey guys, this is Gabe with Church and State. If you have been thinking about doing your own podcast and are interested in starting a podcast, we want to recommend Anchor. Here's why we use it. A couple of reasons. Number one, it is free, 100%, no cost. And they have creation tools that allow you to create podcasts even from your phone. Then Anchor distributes your podcast for you so it can be heard on big guys like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. So start making money with your podcast today. They've got everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Today on Church and State, we'll be covering Joe Biden snaps at the Coast Guard. And Swedish brothers ride an oat milk boom to 562 million. But that's great because Caleb loves oat milk and hates goat milk. Plus, pastors are leaving their congregations after losing their churchgoers to QAnon. Hello, Christian patriots, and welcome to Church and State, where we strive to plug you into the pew and plug you into politics. I'm your host, Caleb Call. You're with me, as always, Pastor Gabe Blomgren. And we are rocking the old school studio for episode three of this week. And uh, we are privileged to be on the top of the South Hill in the original location where we started out Church and State. Uh, We're looking for a a building as a church right now. And uh, God's doing this. This is... Kind of not by our own choice, but this is God, God doing something new. Pastor Matt Shea and uh, Pastor Victoria, they are, they're moving and launching a new ministry. We'll be releasing that, uh, that even the name of that as the weeks transpire and a location. We are in the process of finding a church home, church building. And in that church building, we will still have our studio where we record church and We're state. We're going to have like an amazing oh, studio. Yeah. Yeah, this is what I'm seeing, like something big, not in the corner of a old closet where yeah. we were at before even though we'd really made that into a kind yeah, of we cool made it space. ours but uh, and then and hats off to you for doing something like that so hey um hasbro's released a new version of operation gabe have you seen this no i have not it's great because you remember that whole game operation were you very good i bet you you weren't no dude i was a ninja level like it's funny you mentioned that we need to have like an, an, an operation off to see who's best at it in studio like Dude, I'll hit the buzzer every time. Yeah. You got oh, the yeah. shakes? No, I just hit the buzzer a lot. Yeah. I love that game. Uh, to me, to me, do you remember any of the, the like they had a, like, a, like a knee bone and, and then like, yeah, yeah, it was great. There was an apple where the Butterflies guy's heart was. in the stomach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It all was cool. Stuff. Yeah. But the new version, all you have to do is continue to put masks on the patient because that oh. cures everything. Oh, that cures everything. Just throw... A 13 masks. How many can you fit on? Right. And, and, you know, obviously this is coming from the Babylon Bee game, but the reality is it's kind of sad where you go out in the public and even still, even though the CDC has said masks, you don't have to wear them anymore, which why you were listening to the CDC in the first place is yeah, why? but you still see people double masking. And I, I saw somebody the other day, two masks on with a little face visor as well. Stop. Enough already. Yeah, they didn't do anything in the first place. So, no, except for except make you sick. Catch catch bacteria from your hands and face. Yep. Uh, dermatitis was on the rise. All these different things. Yeah. So, no, stop with this. But the Babylon Bee, once again, knocks that out of the park by using satire to show a little bit of truth. 
Moving on from there, and this one you're going to have a blast with, so just go ahead and take it. Yeah, Swedish, dude, recently the Swedish brothers have rode a huge financial boom to a fixed $562 million fortune because of oat milk, Caleb. Meanwhile, in the background of our relationship, I have been mocking you for using oat milk in your coffee, which... At one point, I, I finally tasted it, and it's not that bad. Almond milk is disgusting. Almond milk is gross, yes. Um, almond milk, we could establish. It's not as bad as goat milk, though, I'll tell you that yeah, much. Yeah, okay, so yeah, I said that in the intro. We actually, I could not say it. We, we messed up the intro about five times because Caleb hates goat milk, but he loves oat milk. Yes. So, you know why, why do you hate too? goat milk okay. so bad? Okay, I've got a lot of pet peeves, Gabe. I don't know if you know this about me, uh, but... One of the things that I'm so tired of people telling me, and I guarantee you, there's people in the audience right now that are saying the same thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, oat milk's fine. He's never had re like really good goat milk. And all you got to do is you got to separate the, the male from the females, and then the goat milk is really good. I've heard it all before. I've had so many people give me goat milk. I hate goat milk. It tastes like funk. It's just <laughs> nasty. It is. Goat milk is just gross, man. It is. But what about goat cheese? I love it. How I they, hate goat I know, cheese. I know. They, every time we have this conversation with people, but what about goat Goat cheese. It's disgusting. I'm mean, gonna have to agree with you. I've never liked goat milk. Yeah, it's it's just it's got a funky flavor to it, and I you know what? Maybe that offends people, but I don't really care because you you got like funk on your tongue. Well, had you and I, uh, this looks like um, we missed our window, but uh, the American Depository shares of this company, um, the 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 name of it. Uh, what is the name of Oatly. the company? Oatly. And I've had this. It's good oat milk. Yeah. They opened at uh, $17 a share, and now they're at twenty-one thirty. So, yeah, the, these guys are having an overnight success story. What's funny is, Caleb, the, these people's friends were calling them lunatics. That's funny. They were, they were totally skeptical that this would ever uh, fly. But anyway, um, yeah, it looks like lunacy pays off. We, sh we should have realized that this was going to go places. Because here's the thing about oat milk. It's creamy. And it just goes with, like, as you said, with coffee, right? Uh, so you're putting oat milk on your cereal. Well, guess what one of the main ingredients of cereal is? Oats. So it makes sense. You put oat milk in your pancakes, right? It just goes together. It's not like almond milk, which is like white water, right? Or hemp milk, which just doesn't taste right. Soy milk, Gabe, I know when you put on those skinny jeans, you're drinking a lot of that soy milk, right? I don't. They, no. they say they gives you man boobs. I'm, I'm trying to be as politically correct as possible. But so, so yeah, I'm not surprised at all that, that oat milk made it big. And hats off to these Swedish brothers, although I suspect... You know, within the oat milk movement, I, am I really part of the? No, you are. No, I'm not. you are. Yeah, there's a lot of liberals in there. Do you drive a Subaru? Never. You're okay. Okay, you're good. fine. Excellent. Okay. All right. I'm okay with that now. There <laughs> right. you go. Hey, moving on to this one. Then this one also sounds like satire, but it's not. Joe Biden actually snapped at the Coast Guard for not clapping when he plagiarized a line. <laughs> Okay, and he what's best about this game is he didn't even get the line right. Okay, he of course typical Joe Biden fashion, he messed it up. All right, so he's talking to the Coast Guard. Uh, it's a graduating class, and this is what he said. Okay, he says I can only assume that you will enjoy educating your family about how the Coast Guard is quote the hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war. What? 
Okay. Now this was he was expecting applause out of this because he's actually he actually wait wait watched. let me let me let me do the Biden his response he goes you you're a really dull class now come on man is the sun getting to you I would think you'd have an opportunity when I say about the Navy to clap so he he goes after them chides them yeah. with his come on man yes but here's what here's what he was actually meant to say okay so. Um, this was actually a Dick Cheney speech uh, in 2008, and he botched it. And here's what Cheney said. There's a saying in your line of work that the U.S. Coast Guard is the hard nucleus about which the Navy forms in times of war. And there was applause to that. That line makes sense. What Joe Biden said makes zero sense. The hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war. Grammatically, he totally botched it. He did. But that's what Biden does. He botches everything. And admonishing the Coast Guard graduates for not clapping is just hilarious and and low class, to be quite honest. Yeah, for him to actually correct a group of people just shows that he's gone off his rocker. And and let's be honest, whether he botched the quote or not, I just don't think Coast Guardsmen are going to clap very much for him. Yeah. You know, um, the article actually points this out, uh, that they've, the media is trying to cover it up again. Once once again, we know that they're going to do that because they're trying to portray a young, hip, cool Joe Biden. No. You know, a young, youthful geriatric, right? But remember when Jeb Bush actually uh, actually told the audience to clap? Oh, do you remember uh, that? I don't. I actually don't. <laughs> yeah. He literally, he's, he's talking and he I don't even remember who Jeb he, Bush and, is. That's how yeah. irrelevant he is. Yeah, he is irrelevant. But yeah, he stops and he's like, clap. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, no, oh. <laughs> like it wasn't that great. I, I didn't really like your statement. If I like what you're saying, you don't have to tell me to applaud. Right. But but yeah, but the, the media, of course, went after Jeb Bush and rightfully so when he did something like that. But they're covering up Joe Biden telling the uh, Coast Guard uh, graduates that they're dull. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant, Joe. Along with uh, moving on, brilliant to take and put into our prison system sex change. What? what we have now inmates who had sex changes and now we're expecting these are men biologically Caleb. these are men that we've now incarcerated and because they say they're women we've put them in with women in prison how do you think that's going to go over really well i would imagine no no of course not so tell me what is happening this is is report from the new american and this is interesting because this is specific to spokane as well um we've got a judge who blocks the records release on here a spokane judge so we need to go after this judge. You know. So we, we can't even get the information of, uh, uh, as far as what rape or physical yep. altercation has happened in this yes. prison so facility. We, we got a Washington State put, prison puts dangerous men in women's facilities. Now, these are individuals. This is a lawsuit in Washington State that has confirmed that transgender madness has so thoroughly poisoned the judicial system that men who rape and murder yet identify as women are housed in women's prisons. Now, one of these individuals... Um, is it literally got in trouble for raping a 12-year-old girl, okay, then transitioned and is now in a women's prison facility. Fully functioning male anatomy. And guess what has occurred inside this prison? I'm just going to ensue my, my wildest imagination that he has a sexually assaulted women. Yes. Being a, a, a quote-unquote woman himself. 
Yes, exactly. So this is a huge problem. One of the other things that has occurred, Gabe, is some of these people are actually being put in mental health facilities. Now, these women who, the women who are actually placed into these mental health facilities, these women are in need of help. They are put there because they have severe psychological problems. And then you are putting a man, a man who has already assaulted people, already assaulted women, into one of these facilities, you are not doing your due diligence in guarding the weakest among us. Yeah, absolutely. And we see that this is causing fear in the women and in the guards because we have female guards now in the facility. This is a very, very big individual. He's, he's, he's a man. He's built like a man. So these, these transfers, anything that involves this, this inmate is now a high-risk situation. Yes. Now, but this judge, this federal judge has temporarily blocked the full release of records pertaining to men now housed in the state prisons for women. Now, this individual, this judge is out of, let's see here, it says, uh, I believe it's in Spokane, Gabe, right where we are at. Uh, the Spokesman Review is reporting that records that could potentially identify dozens of transgender inmates in Washington state's prisons must remain sealed for now. A federal judge in Spokane ruled on Monday. So this judge is Judge Thomas O. Rice. Okay. Thomas O. Rice. Now, for he was our, appointed by Barack Obama. Of course, interesting. He was. Shocker there. Yeah. Now, here's the cool thing about the John Birch Society. If you go to jbs.org and go to the Act Now, you can actually find the contact information for judges. So, for all of our audience, I suggest that you go there and you get a hold of this Thomas O. Rice and you let him have it. Yeah. Because this individual is not protecting women in mental health facilities and even in prisons. You know, the charge is always gave that conservatives that we know have no heart for those that are in the prison system. Yeah, you're not kind. No, not at all. Right. But here we are trying to protect women in the prison system. Um, but yet we are the haters because we don't accept and love transgenderism. Just a little of the details of the story. It says, among the inmates transferred to the women's facility is a person going by the name of Donna Perry, formerly known as Douglas Perry, who was convicted for killing three sex workers. Yeah. So he's and, a murderer. And then transitioned in... Uh, yeah. Before being ch charged, Perry reportedly went to Thailand for gender assignment surgery. Prosecutors during the trial claimed that Perry had undergone surgery to avoid suspicion for the killings. Okay. Also recently transferred was Hobby Bingman, known as Princess Zoe Marie Andromeda Love. That's an interesting name, Caleb. Princess Zoe Maria Andromeda Love. <laughs> wow. Okay. Who was convicted for having sex with a 12-year-old. Bingham is now, this is a man, alleged by an anonymous employee to have, have had sex with a female inmate at the women's facility. So we, we've got a murderer who had a sex change, and now he's with women. Okay. Yep. Whether these women are criminals or not, Caleb, just like you said, we have to keep them safe because more than likely they will be released. There is a potential, Caleb, if, if, if I see it clearly, huge lawsuit that will come back on the state of Washington. Absolutely. And we're going to pay for it. Sure are, taxpayers. Thank there you. you go. Thank yes. you. Thank you, Washington State, for once Brilliant. again proving Brilliant. how inept government truly is. Let's go ahead and put in a man with a... a, a, a a minor parts. sex change surgery. I've just got to be honest. This person has uh, male parts. We're going to put him in with women. Yeah. How, how's that going to go over? Yeah, Brilliant. exactly. Brilliant. All right. Um, Gabe, do you like Eric Clapton? Uh, you know, I'm more of a, yeah, uh, early days Eric Clapton. 
cream yeah 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 he had some Derek and the Dom amazing guitarist absolutely you know and and the the song that I think I love more than anything else is the story or the song that he wrote when his son was tragically killed after yeah. he fell uh yeah yeah from the hotel see you in heaven yep, yep. tears in heaven I yeah yeah um yeah I don't, I don't know the name of it all I can think of is that line well I see you in heaven it's a very very deep song but he recently, and this is coming from America's Frontline Doctors, so once again, Dr. Simone Gold's group. Good friend of ours. Yep. Um, Eric Clapton, after COVID vaccinations, I should never have gone near the needle. Now, Eric Clapton is, uh, as Gabe pointed out, just a phenomenal guitarist, but he's yeah. he's an old timer. He says he's suffered with great help from addiction and alcohol. This is his quotes. Yeah. Uh, he's stood openly or inwardly against elected leaders. All right. He's He's gone after government, but... He was worried. He has emphysema, and he was worried about COVID-19, all right? He's 76 years old, and this is what he says, okay? I took the first jab of AstraZeneca straight away and had severe reactions, which lasted 10 days. He says he recovered eventually and was told it would be 12 weeks before the second one. About six, week la six weeks later, he was offered and took the second AZ shot with a little more knowledge of the dangers, but needless to say, the reactions were disastrous. He says, my hands and feet were either frozen, numb, or burning, and pretty much useless for two weeks. He was afraid that he would, he would never, never play, play again. again. Can wow. you imagine so, that? Eric Clapton unable to play the guitar. He says he should never have gone near the needle, but the propaganda said the vaccine was safe for everyone. Well said, sir. It is indeed propaganda. You are absolutely correct. But then he met this group. He's specifically talking about America's frontline doctors. Wow. Okay. He says he met this group who counseled him to be careful and have a look at what goes on. All right. And it lifted the veil. He says he was no longer alone. He needed that fellowship that was essential. Yes. All right. And to follow his heart. I and love this quote. Uh, he says, I continue to tread the path of passive rebellion and try to toe the line in order to be able to actively love my family, but it's hard to bite my tongue with what I now know. See, Kayla, we don't want you to stay on passive. We want you to be actively rebellious. Yeah. Well, he's and, an old hippie. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You know, he's coming from that hippie generation where you're passive, right? Even in your acts of rebellion. But he, he wrote a new song called The Rebels. And listen, just listen to a, a couple of these lyrics here, Gabe. Where have all the rebels gone? Hiding behind their computer screens. Where's the split? Where is the soul? Where have all the rebels gone? Yeah, he actually says, where's the spirit? Where's the soul? Oh, whoops. Yeah, yeah, but that's 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 okay. He's on the right thread. I really appreciate Dr. Simone Gold and the, their team getting in contact with him. That's huge. It, it truly is. So moving on, and we're going to spend the last 10 minutes here, Gabe, on really an incredible story that you were able to find. Um, talking about... QAnon, and, and let's set the stage a little bit here for our audience. Most, I think most probably know who QAnon is, but for those of you who don't, QAnon is a, a nobody. No one is sure entirely. Unidentifiable. Who or could what be the CIA. QAnon is. Could be. Yeah. Most people believe that it is a group of individuals that are engaging in these wildly debunked conspiracy theories. Yeah. And I got to point out as well that the parent company that I work for, the John Birch Society, has written numerous articles debunking QAnon. So as there is no link between the John Birch Society and QAnon, even though the radical left does attempt to do something like that. Right. But the the, the, the very frustrating thing about the QAnon phenomenon 
is they were taking data that they were, you know, the same group of people um, who are out there on 4chan, Reddit, they're, they're rehashing and going through Hillary's emails. And in those emails, we came across Podesta's spirit cooking information. Then a little bit more we dig and we find out that in the White House, uh, emails about having hot dogs and spending like some something like $40,000 on hot dogs in the White House. And then we find out from the FBI what all these cryptic emails are, are, are could possibly allegedly be about. It's about pedophilia, about hurting children. So then, then we, we start scratching at these things and then QAnon takes this data and lumps it in there with, makes some crazy predictions, starts saying there's going to be arrests. So what, what happens is you take, you take actual suspicious data and then you attach predictions, accountability, giving all of those who've been scratching at this some type of false hope, Which like like tell you trust exactly th- who QAnon is. Yeah, right. Because yeah. you just nailed it, Gabe, right on the head, right there. There's some factual data there. Something like, was going on. Yeah, we and reported then, on it in this very studio. Right, we did. I like that. years ago. Yes, but something's going on there. But then you take the story and you make the leaders of the story. QAnon, some shadowy group, right. and then all of their so-called Q drops never no. come to fruition. And so you debunk QAnon and therefore debunk everything associated. Then you lump the January 6th uprising to QAnon, and then we also see uh, uh, everything that happened and transpired on January 6th. You know, we see a guy with, with a Viking hat and supporting Q and, and getting up on top of the podium and then with his, all his Viking clothes, not wearing a shirt, but he's supposedly a Q follower. And now because I'm there as a Christian at the event, we know we, know we had friends there who were there at the event. We're lumped in with that. Mm-hmm. And now we have pastors that are leaving their congregations after losing their churchgoers, supposedly, to QAnon. Now, this is a story coming from businessinsider.com, all right? Now, we've got, they interviewed two pastors, and what I found really interesting in the article, Gabe, is the two pastors that they interviewed refused to say who they voted for in 2016 and in 2020. And I get the suspicion suspicion that they definitely voted for Biden. One one is a Christian reformed pastor who typically reformed pastors are very anti-Trump. And and he's out of Michigan. This Actually, I know a lot of reformed that are very conservative. They're conservative, but they actually they dislike Trump huge. So, a lot of a lot of the reformed pastors were on the whole never Trump kind of Christianity outlook. The other pastor was a Methodist. Well, we know where the Methodist yeah, church is exactly. gone, unfortunately. I would agree with you. I would suspect that both of these pastors probably voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016 and Biden in 2020. But regardless, they're talking about this one pastor, Vern Swearingia. We're going to just call him Vern, Pastor Vern. Okay. Can we just call him? We're going to talk a lot about it's Pastor Vern. for me, for sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but... He's, he's talking about the morning of the Capitol riot. He, was, he knew something was going to happen. He knew it. He felt it in his soul. And sure enough, it occurs. He says he's not at all surprised by this because he was really upset uh, that members of his congregation were sending him videos of QAnon right. uh, openly discussing sex trafficking and Satan-worshipping pedophiles. He said it was just false. He was... He was uh, concerned that people were were putting too much of an emphasis or following uh, President Trump, which I'll, I'll give him on that one. There was some people that were definitely engaging in Trump worship that shouldn't have been. But 
Then he actually had a quote here, Gabe, that really made me mad. He said he was taking the pandemic seriously and these QAnon followers were not. Right. And he said he took great issue with his church when they told him that they wanted him to preach the message and they wanted to sing and not wear masks. And they offered him a plexiglass right. little thing because he pushed back against that. No, this, this pandemic is real. So they offered him a little plexiglass partition to keep him safe or something. And he ended up leaving the church over that. Yeah, he says at this point, because he said uh, he was not comfortable when a large part of his congregation dismissed the pandemic as a hoax. He said it was at this point when I put my foot down and said, I am not going to preach in front of a congregation that wants to sing and not wear masks. But they still wanted me to preach in front of them without wearing a mask. He said the church offered him, like you said, plexiglass, but he felt it wouldn't make much of a difference in an enclosed space. So we agreed to separate at that point, And so it felt pretty cordial at that time. But I found out later there were really hard feelings amongst the congregation and many of them felt like I abandoned them. It was heartbreaking. He says he abandoned the church in December. Well, he, he says he left. I say he abandoned the church after eight years of service. He now works per time at uh, another reformed church in South Haven, 30 miles from his new job, where they have a mandatory mask rule. So th this is a spineless pastor. Now, I, I can't say that every member of his congregation was a Q follower. I think a lot of these guys, I've read and listened to Mark Taylor's prophecy. This is the, the, the Trump prophecy guy where he, he, this is even years before Trump ran for office. He ended up dying. Uh, Mark Taylor. I thought he died. I'm not sure. No. He was a firefighter. I don't oh, know. Maybe, maybe he did pass away. This was a firefighter who okay, I might be thinking God, God you know, spoke to him. And this was, this was before Trump even became president that Trump would be president. So, okay. um, you know, not a huge prediction, but, but Mark Taylor, it, uh, just because you have open a Mark Taylor video or whatever, doesn't mean you're a Q follower. No. So I, Caleb, when we were talking about this, I feel like insider who has interviewed uh, Ken Peters and and what's happening at church, uh, his church in Tennessee, Patriot Church. Uh, there's a huge, even at the bottom of this, the insider did a huge report on him. They're pretty much using anybody who went to the January 6th event, the, the, the whiffle bat that they keep beating everyone over the head is, is you're a Q follower. They want you to look crazy. They do. They, they, they released a poll uh, recently by Christian research organization Lifeway Research. It found that more than 45% of Protestant pastors said that they had often heard congregants repeating conspiracy theories about national news events. They also had the American Enterprise Institute found that more than a quarter of white evangelical respondents believed in QAnon and that three in five believed that President Joe Biden's win in the 2020 election was not legitimate. These rates are higher than any other religious groups. Okay, so do you see what they're trying, they're trying to, to do? Trying to separate here? the sheep from the shepherd. They are trying to do exactly. And they are making sure that white evangelical Christians are the enemy. Right. We're the domestic terrorists. We're the ones that believe in these whacked out conspiracy theories and that we maybe need to go to a re-education camp. That right. Sounds and what's interesting now is they're, in a lot of ways, they're, they're singling out pastors like Pastor Matt Shea as being conspiratorial. They've done it for years. But then now they're saying there's pastors who are trying to pull the plug and my congregation won't listen to me. Yeah. They're so rampantly just nationalistic. I can't believe this. Look at a little bit later in the article, it says the trend has prompted hundreds of evangelical pastors and faith leaders to speak out. In February, more than 1,400 of them published an open letter condemning radicalized Christian nationalism, the rise of violent acts by radicalized, I keep using that statement, radicalized extremists using the name of Christ. So we have a bunch of shepherds who are being confronted by their congregations now backstabbing their congregations in an open letter. 
Yeah, and some of them are trying to do a road to recovery from QAnon. You've got pastors that have actually engaged in podcasts right now as they try to pull back their flock from these wild conspiracy theories. Okay, so it's not just QAnon, though. We've already shown that they're attacking uh, organizations like the John Birch Society. They are attacking individuals, Republicans, even just regular Republicans who believe that Joe Biden did not win the election, that there was rampant fraud in the election process. They're trying to pull back these individuals, and they're using the pastors to do it. You remember Obama's clergy response team? Oh, yeah. This is an extension of that right here. Okay, it never went away. They are attempting to use the clergy to get us all in line here. We got to come together for the pandemic. Joe Biden is the elected president. We got to support him, even if you don't necessarily agree with him, Gabe. Okay, that is what they are attempting to do here. And take the vaccine. Yeah, and take the vaccine. And if you don't believe it, you're a wild QAnon conspiracy theorist and you need to be educated. Well, don't take the bait, saints. No, definitely not. All right. Church and State is brought to you in part by viewers like you. Always remember the tree of liberty is most likely a birch. And with that, Church and State is out. God bless. Hold fast the Lord Jesus Christ.